This is episode 150. Oh, that means it's supposed to be a good one, but it's not going to be. That's fine. Uh, We don't have anything interesting to talk about. Do you have any secret topics? Not really, no. That's a lot of pressure. You shouldn't have said that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. It's it's episode 149 and a half. Got it. Okay. It's like the the Harry Potter thing. Yeah, very good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that the only reason why people travel to Britain? Is they want to take a picture at that train station? I think so. Yeah, Laura and I did. <laughs> I think literally everybody has. <laughs> I think if you like look through people's profile photos on Facebook, if they have been to Britain, yeah, uh, literally one of those will be them pretending to be blown away while pushing a shopping cart into a wall. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's about right. Well, hold on. What's, what, what is it called? At platform nine and three quarters. No, but what's the thing called? What the what thing? Like the the magic, like the monument, or like the or the statue that's coming out of the wall. Oh, it, it's it's their cart. It's how they it's how they get all their stuff to school. God, it's it. like because they they have like because they're they're going away for school, so they have suitcases and things. So it's kind of like the carts you can see you know see people using in the airport. <laughs> where where do you how do you pay for the smart cart or whatever? Uh, with uh, magic bucks. <laughs> There's no way that's actually what it's called, is it? <laughs> no. Was she really that uninventive? No, there there is currency. There is currency in those books because <clears throat> uh, one of the books, they go to like the big bank that's like in the main city. I forget, oh. I forget what they're called. Something coins, bitcoins, I think. So... Um... Uh, fuck. I, I know this. Hold on. So, uh, Slytherin uh, likes using Venmo, and right. um, uh, Hogglepog or whatever they like. <laughs> they like Square Cash. Was that close? I think it's close. So it's funny. It, it's funny because I I was thinking that same thing. It's Hufflepuff, but yeah, I also pegged them as a as a Square Cash user. Are there only four tribes or like uh, four um, four conferences in four in four, Harry houses. four houses? Oh, a house divided upon itself cannot stand. Yeah, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, team of rivals. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, Hogglepuck? Okay, mark that down for show title. I want to pl- uh, uh, remind because apparently we actually started the show and no, we didn't intend to. Yeah, I want to sure, remind people that I that actually was not that's that's not a joke. I did actually. Because I knew it started with an H, and I know there's different branches or houses of this thing. So what are the other two? So there's Slytherin, Slytherin there's Hufflepuff, there's Gryffindor, mm. and there's... Is it, is, what, what's, what's the fourth one? I have no idea. I've never read these books. <laughs> but no, is, is um, Gryffindor the one that has the, the evil blonde kid? Uh, Slytherin is like the kind of the evil house. Uh, real-time follow-up, the fourth house is Ravenclaw. So harry potter fans don't 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 write us please at, oh. at carlos don't at me um <laughs> yeah that, that's... You get, carlos can be found at at hogglepog <laughs> yeah send your well i think the the major league baseball player retired so i don't get his angry tweets anymore um <laughs> right oh it's so nice to not I, I don't even use i use twitter once a week now it's very good it's like weaning yourself off sugar yeah but how do you keep up with darth you it's, it's, oh, I, that's fair <laughs> I have a foolproof system. I have basically a free, like a human uh, Twitter filter. 
You know that when when Tillerson was let go earlier in the week, I mm-hmm. literally like one of my first thoughts was, "Ooh, I, I, I'm curious what Dar's going to do <laughs> with the." Uh, I don't even know what to call it now. The just the the running the running uh, image that he's putting together of all the people leaving the White House. I think it's probably like an Adobe sponsored like just like edge case <laughs> trial just to see how much Photoshop can uh, can handle before it just breaks itself. Um. Okay, should we should we should we start for real this time or what do you think? No, this this is fine. Okay. Okay. Yeah, this apparently he, you you jinxed the whole thing by mentioning that this is a an episode number with like 150, a round number. 150. 150, the big 150. Yeah, yeah. Halfway between 100 and 200. Yeah, we're as old as Canada now. That's right. Mhm. Yeah. Mhm. Um so w- welcome welcome home. It's good good to have you back in the in the same time zone. Although the time has since changed but but we're still at least at equal time can i talk about that real quick oh please so i i don't know if i talked about this last week i last week's episode is kind of uh, a blur and it was one of our shortest ones we've ever had which is pretty good um, <laughs> at least in recent memory yeah but like i was having issues sleeping on the pacific time zone before i left like i wasn't getting to bed until two or so and then you go over there and then you stay up until five and then eventually you adjust your sleep cycle and then of course daylight saving time happens and then you fly back and now i'm going to sleep at 12 30 pacific again so overall it's very bad i wish people didn't need <laughs> sleep it's unpleasant and I, <laughs> I just don't know what to do about it yeah it i I've, I've only been on the east coast a handful of times but each time i've been um that three hour time difference is it's a thing especially when you're out there for work and you're waking up at you know oh you gotta be up and doing things Eastern like seven and, yeah. and then the first mm-hmm. night there you're like oh it's four thirty and i'm not asleep this, this, right this is bad news right because even like when i've been in europe where obviously the time difference is much more extreme you know I, i've only ever been over there for vacation so you can be you know pretty flexible with when you go to bed and when you get up so you can kind of ease into it but but yeah when you're out there for work it's like yeah 4 a.m your body time that first morning and you got to be up and around yeah um so also, it sounds like you had a good trip. Lots of lots of steps, lots of photos. Yeah, yeah. So that was fun. Um, man, there was one other thing I was going to mention, but I forgot. It's okay. Um, can I can I ask a can I ask a question about the trip? That it's not it's not all that personal. No, no, most definitely. So what? So like what? Like what sites did you see? I mean, I feel like like I I've, I have not yet been to DC in my life, but when I go eventually, I feel like I'm just going to be overwhelmed because there's just there's so much history and there's so much to see. So, so this is actually kind of interesting. So, I, I'm a, I'm a very, uh, like detailed and like planning type person. But also, I get stressed when people plan too much around me. So, what, like, what I do is I just created like a list of stuff like I might want to see or do, and then I put it on um, a custom Google Maps sheet where you can on iOS layer that over wherever you are. So then you can just see, oh, like, is anything that I wanted to visit or see nearby? And you just kind of approach it that way. Hmm. Okay. That's a, that's a sound strategy. So what did you kind of, what were your, I mean, I guess you don't need to list everything, but maybe like, what were your, some of your highlights? Uh, there's a whole lot of museums there, but the thing in, in DC is that all the museums, since most of them are government owned and operated are free, which means they're all very, very crowded. Mm. It, and the air and space museum was extremely crowded mm. so it's okay but no it, it was cool so th- that was very interesting uh the national portrait gallery was fantastic which is combined with the 
I think the Smithsonian American Art Museum. Uh, so that was super interesting. Uh, Michelle Obama was much more popular than Barack, which was which is kind of neat. <laughs> uh, they keep them on separate floors though, because she's not a pre- she wasn't a president, which is mm. understandable, but uh, but also a little interesting, right? Uh, but no, it, it, it was fun overall. But yeah, I, I always try to not stress myself out or make. I, I don't like travel ever being work, um, and and that's why I try to approach it as I'm going to do whatever I can, but I'm not going to get stressed out if I find something like super interesting and I end up spending a lot more time on it or if I'm running behind just to not feel like, like it's work. That's a, that's a really, really good tip for like, I've, I've noticed that like with my first time in New York or like my first time in Europe, it's so easy to just to get overwhelmed and just feel like you're not seeing anything. But if you just go into it and be like, yeah, you know, there's just a, ton to see and do here i'm gonna see a small part of it and i'm gonna be okay with that and like my my point of reference is that even being here in san francisco i've been here almost eight years now and this is a a much smaller city by comparison to you know a place like new york and i still have only seen you know a fraction of the city so you know when, when you sort of accept that you just enjoy what you get to see and you're happy with that exactly right and then again, as always, I'm always reminded that, again, San Francisco is very bad at being a, a big city. <laughs> is this a, like, public transit reference? Just or what, everything. What, are you, what are you getting at here? Just everything. I don't know. Like, it, it's, it's uh, like, D.C. is a, a city of comparable, like, square, or, like, area, square, uh, just, like, area, as well as, it's almost exactly the same in terms of population within a thousand, 100,000 people. And it just seems like it's, they've got it much more put together. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. San Francisco just has like the weirdest like issues, and I don't know. The transit's bad. The there's not a whole lot to see there, and there's just there's a lot going on. But we love it. We do. We do. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have another question for you, which sure. is kind of transitions maybe into a follow up section because this was an offline conversation that never made it online last week. You mean verbal Slack? We- yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you yeah, listen exactly. to the emergency podcast? I did. Today? I I did. I meant to. I meant to slack you when I heard that, and I I, I was doing something else, and I couldn't. Oh, Claire um, crushes it. Yeah. Um. So you rented a vehicle when you were over there, and oh I, god, you you, ha- you had some experience with Sync Three, and so what I need you to do <laughs> is I need you to just completely bash Sync Three for me, so that I'm not tempted just to get another Ford and continue with my plan on purchasing a Model Three so you shouldn't buy a model three because apparently it's like the macbook uh it's the 2017 macbook of cars there i i i I should try to find this and send it to you at some point there's evidently a fan made like google sheet that's out there Mm -hmm. of like all the things you should check when you get your new model three like Mm -hmm. all of the common defects that people have been finding (laughs) which I, i actually haven't even brought myself to look at it yet just because I almost don't want to know, um, but anyway, anyway, sing, sing three. Let's let's focus our negative energy. On well, no. That. So a couple, a couple things real quick. So it was it was a, a twenty seventeen Ford Fusion Hybrid, and it objectively is a very bad car. It's it's a nice car, but it it it. Uh, I think I mentioned this to you. It it drives like a fork through mashed potatoes. <laughs> it is it is really. When I when I got home, I was I was so happy to have an actual car again. Um, and every time you turn off the, the Ford Fusion, it on the dashboard pops up a thing that says, thanks for driving a hybrid. 
which is oh. really <laughs> with a bunch of with no. a bunch of leaves in the background. So it <laughs> we've 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 mentioned this before. I think in the context of the modern Windows blue screen of death, like the the cutesy. The cutesy error messages and just cutesy messages in general on in systems. Mm-mm. Stop that. And it's not even that it's cutesy. It's that it's just like it, that's so weird that Ford was like, I know we we uh, Americans are going to hate this car. So let, <laughs> let's let's uh, put a thank you note automatically. It's, it's like using an ATM. Yeah. Um, but sync. I don't know. Sync three, man. It, I wouldn't decide on a car for um, like the infotainment system. Um, so the model three is like, do whatever's right for you, man. Th- think about, do you want an electric car? Is it practical for what you're going to use it for? But like sync three specifically, um, it's fine. It reaffirms something that I think we've talked about in the past of like for car interfaces, uh, touch screens versus like what's in, I think, uh, Audi does it this way. And I think BMW does as well, where it's all like controller based. It's not touch. Right. And I've found that during, maybe it's just that I'm just really used to my car and that I would navigate CarPlay through either by voice or by using the controller. Uh, the touchscreen is super distracting and I feel kind of unsafe while driving. Like, because you're actually like, and also the the screen on the Ford Fusion is lower, um, like from the windshield than it is on my car. It uh, it felt a lot less safe to use. Like if I was just switching between pocket casts and navigation, like it it felt more disruptive. So I would say that's a knock against it. And because it's touch based, there's no controller interface for it. But yeah, like Sync was. Um, it's got a resistive touchscreen. Um, if you're using it with an Apple device, you're probably gonna end up using CarPlay anyway, which eliminates almost every part of Sync three. Because like you had mentioned, like um, it has like the climate controls and everything built into the interface, but it also has a, a redundant like area of buttons below the screen that control all that stuff, which makes it not necessary. So I guess I like since I'm not a Waze user, I don't really see the benefit of it because it wasn't it wasn't like some car manufacturers like uh, who Dodge and Jeep and Chrysler are all the same company, right? I believe so. Yes. Yes, like they have, I think, like objectively the worst infotainment screen. And if you want to see like a really bad one or one that makes you want, like if you think your car is bad, try that and then you'll be really, really happy or you'll feel less bad about it. But like Sync 3 is fine, but I just, I don't see anything remarkable about it. So I guess I would, I would never recommend picking a car because it has that. Like other than the Waze thing, which was like, which is very new, like that just came out a couple of weeks ago. What about it has you interested in it well i think the carplay functionality is a key thing it has um the lady in a can integration now which i've been meaning to do a little bit more homework as to exactly what that entails but what is yeah what does that actually do because would she my understanding is that it just it literally functions as another lady in a can on your amazon account so if you were to literally just ask it to turn on your living room lights from your car it would yeah, that that seems like of extreme limited utility. Right, exactly. Because like um, because what I would ask is or the follow-up question would be does she control navigation? In which case I really don't like the Echo suite of products doesn't have that built into it and I doubt it would interface with the car's built-in navigation system, which means if you were asking for voice directions you're either 
falling back to Siri or using, I assume, the in-house really bad voice input that the car has. So I, I guess I don't see how that's useful. No, I, I think you're... So you're 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 being the angel on my shoulder right now. This is this is this is good stuff. Um, I I think I in the in the past I think especially when I bought this my most recent car, I was focusing a lot on the infotainment system as opposed to kind of everything else about the car, and it worked out fine. So I'm 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 perfectly happy with my Ford Edge. But like as I think about this next car that I'll eventually get when my um, Edge leases up here at the end of June. You know, the big thing for me is, you know, we're going to be moving out of the city at some point here in the semi near future, and that's going to entail me commuting. And as anyone who's in the Bay Area knows, traffic is is gotten worse and worse in the area. So I'm going to be spending at least, you know, a fair amount of time in stop and go traffic and on the freeway. And so a car that can do a lot of the heavy lifting, particularly in high traffic situations, is going to be huge for me. So you know, more and more cars now have like adaptive cruise control, um, which is great. And more and more cars are now even including like stop and go functionality where early adaptive cruise control systems would stop working once you got below a certain speed. Lots of them now will take you all the way to a full stop and then get you going again when traffic moves. Um, I've done a, I've done a ton of research into these various systems and it really does just seem like Tesla auto Tesla's autopilot, even though it's nowhere near perfect, is by far and away the best at um, kind of semi-automated highway driving, and that's that's really like my my big thing and my main focus. Yeah. So someone I I follow on Instagram. So there's no archival thing, but like he had a story about it where he was getting his car repaired and he he got to um, have a Model Three for a week, and he his consensus was or his summary was that. Um, autopilot is not fully baked or it's probably still a couple of years out yeah but that's and but then that that's another really big thing with tesla is they are constantly iterating on it and constantly putting out software updates so it's a system that again from everything i've seen is the best that's available today and it's going to continue to get better over time so that that's the big draw for me because like i mean there's again like almost every other car manufacturer now audi ford even like Honda, um, Volkswagen, they all have systems now that have adaptive cruise control and lane centering, which really like autopilot in its current state is is basically just a fancy adaptive cruise control and lane centering system. But again, like every comparison I've seen between autopilot and any, and any of those other systems, autopilot has been sort of the consensus winner. <laughs> I would probably recommend dis, uh, like discounting a lot of how much you think you would use that because I assume it's completely useless once you get into the city. Well, but that's but that's my thing is like I, I fully understand that, but I'm going to be spending a lot more time on the freeway, and that's where I don't it, think it really. Mm, you mean when you move to Marin and you still have yeah, a job? In... Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Eh, the 101 is not, it's it's not that bad. And the frustrating part of that commute is, is going to be the the jackassery. Um, once you get to where you like, once you get off the bridge. <laughs> so yeah, or, I mean, just because you you know what's what's going on with the proliferation right, right. of of ride sharing and also distracted driving, like commuting during rush hour through the it it, it is not fun or good. Where any type of autopilot or um, like semi autonomous driving thing would fall down really quickly. And that's that's where the frustrating part's going to be. 
right? I mean, autopilot's not meant to be used in a city situation like that. And I'm, I'm fully aware of that, but, um, I don't know. I, 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 <laughs> I don't know. I think you might be underestimating how much time I'm going to spend in traffic on the freeway. I, you're, you're totally right in that the 101 north of San Francisco is not nearly as bad as like south of San Francisco. But again, what you're, what, what you're going to end up doing, which is what everybody in Marin does is you're going to either, um, uh, you're going to have your lady friend drop you off or you're going to drive to the Larkspur Ferry and you're going to give up on driving because you don't want to pay for parking and you're going to take the ferry every day and you're going to walk to your building, which is like an eight minute walk from the ferry building. Don't you be yeah, but don't you have to, you got to get there f- early. Yeah. Yeah. So then you then go to, you can go to Phil. Well, but if you take, no, if you leave like at seven o'clock from like central Marin to um, like uh, South beach or whatever, where the, the financial district South, whatever that neighborhood's called. Like it's like the, an the, hour the finance the financial district. Well, no, where you, where your off uh, where like that uh, that office is. I would I would call that the financial district. I don't think so, man. Let's check what Google Maps says. Financial district is north of Market. Okay, so I guess it would be Soma. No, I think it's South Beach, man. Okay. Yeah, it is. Or it's All it's right. Rincon uh, Rincon Hill slash South Beach. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I would I wouldn't judge based on that. I would see what is the most prudent financial choice based off of the timing of the car's release, your lease end date, and everything else. Well, more lots, lots more to come on this because this is like, it's rapidly becoming kind of a, a big decision here because, again, my lease ends at the end of June. So um, I don't necessarily, I, I could theoretically go some relatively short period of time without a car. So there's not like a hard, hard deadline, but... But yeah, yeah, this decisions are going to have to get made. Yeah, and you seem you you seem like you know a, a decent amount of cars, so maybe maybe we need to have have some more conversations about this. Uh, you you've got money, just get yourself an A six and get and get the uh, driver assistance plus package, and you, you'll be fine. No, I've I've been looking into Audi's thing. It doesn't seem like it's that great. It is. Um, again, because mine was uh, like I just, uh push came to shove, and I had to get one off the lot, but um. Their it's called Driver Assistance Plus. It is basically the same thing, for the most part, other than like the nice visuals that the Tesla has, where in stop and go traffic, it will steer a lane center uh, stop and also start going again in uh, traffic uh, under forty miles an hour. Yeah, but then so then once it gets above forty miles an hour, it it no longer works, right? It'll it'll steer for you, but you really? still have to like mine yeah like if you you have to touch the so mine does have that and you just basically have to touch the steering wheel like every 20 seconds to make sure you're still paying attention but even like in gradual turns it it handles Mm -hmm. that for you as long as the lines ahead of you are not like entirely absent or faded yeah really Mm -hmm. huh because i I actually really like the interior of the new q5 but i've just again I've, i've never really associated audi with having a very good driver assistance system their stuff is good again tesla Mm. like the tesla's thing is where like its promise seems but that's the whole thing with all of elon musk's bullshit companies where like like it feels like the promise is really good but it probably falls down more than people want to admit and because the people that buy the cars are like you know like it's kind of like apple fans where like they have like this vested interest in making sure nobody knows that it's not good yeah yeah okay i i I think i see what you're getting at yeah i like i don't know it just feels like it's probably a little too good to be true in a lot of ways like i know they iterate 
really well and they're going to be much more um like relentless with um over the air updates and stuff like that but again i i wouldn't buy it for that reason i don't think any cars are to the point where autonomous driving should be that big a selling point i, I would decide on, on your lifestyle cost and timing before anything else yeah i'm sure yeah okay so let's uh 20 two minutes in let's get to the, ori- the original start <laughs> so i have important dog updates okay yeah please share uh i think your your opening was better so i'll send you a link um this came on my radar um a few weeks ago but i uh, but i kept it to myself or actually i don't i don't think i shared this with you but action movie star jackie chan has two adorable golden retrievers that he adopted uh when they were very very young and you can see in this album uh that they've gotten much bigger and they're adorable, and they're really cool. And the dogs' names are Jones and JJ. This is one of the best things I've ever seen on the internet, and this will be the the first link in the the list of links in this show. This is that we we could do. We could probably spend the rest of the show on this. And it's good just because Jackie Chan is one of those actors where it's just he doesn't take himself very that seriously, but he's also pretty cool. Like I think most people generally have a, a un, like a universally favorable opinion of him. So it just and it combines it with golden retriever, so it's kind of the best. It's it's great. I love this. And then the second one is one that I linked to you earlier, which I think this has actually been a chef special on prior shows where Subaru just has the absolute like would never buy their cars. Like that's why. (laughs) (laughs) Should I consider a Subaru now? Is that you saying I should throw that in the mix? I actually would. If again, that's why I said judge on your lifestyle, and if your lifestyle is hopefully having a golden retriever in the back. (laughs) <laughs> this ad is speaking to your uh, to your lifestyle group and age category. <laughs> um, but yeah, they have a new one that came out a couple of weeks ago, and I saw it on TV. And, and anytime I see like the dogs in the car thing, um, I know it's going to be a good one, except for that really sad one. Have we talked about the sad one? There's the one where the dog gets prog- they have a Subaru that's it's like they bought it ten years ago, and the dog keeps getting older and older. Oh yeah, we have talked about this. Yeah, and then the implied thing is not super fun. But anyway. But this one is uh, two two adult uh, golden retrievers are dropping off uh, their puppy, Barkley, uh, to to his first day of obedience school. And he seems nervous. And it seems like there's a couple of mean dogs that might be not too nice to him. But the mom forces him out of the car. And it's it's, it's, it's pretty great all around. Yep. So whoever's doing the marketing for them is doing fantastic. Because, like, and 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 it works, I assume. Because isn't that the demographic for Subaru? Like, just safe boring ish cars like it's kind of like volvo except it's more um outdoors focused yeah i think i think that's that's about right actually maybe you should get a volvo get yourself an xc90 yeah i've, I've looked at that i'm not a, i'm not a huge fan of the design the design is nice their their logo is is is, is hideous but the, or the i guess I, I should i should rephrase that the interior is nice i'm not not a big fan of the exterior oh uh, you've looked at the refresh design i think so because the new one looks better the tail end is very, very vulvally, which is kind of, yeah. it's, it's polarizing. But That's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah. yeah, I think the front looks nice, though. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that, that, that is this week's dogs update. And if you need to pick me up in case there's any more resignations or uh, executive branch turnover, you can go deal with that. <laughs> uh, how about that Georgia, Georgia 18? Or sorry, um, Pencil, it was Pennsylvania, right? <laughs> you're you're mix, mixing your special elections here. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. That's the uh, continu- continuing trend. 
how do you when, when you're reading the news and stuff how do you separate kind of the whole narrative that people are trying to build either that like where there's either the narrative of false equivalency or there's the people like oh, oh the republicans are doomed the democrats have them right where they want them trump country has rolled over like how do you how do you deal with that i listen to the 538 uh political podcast yeah nate nate's been super grouchy recently it's good well but they i, I just you know i i mean it, it's it's you don't want to ever get your news from just one source so like you know i i do also try to keep up with a handful of online publications and of course twitter but i mean really for political news and political narratives i 538's been the best all around that i've found and i that dates all the way back to the 2016 election where even in hindsight it, i think they clearly had the most level-headed best take on the on where the election was at at any given point i'm not so sure about that they they said that uh, hillary had it in the bag at 71% Ugh. <laughs> i'm going to high five myself that was an that was an a plus troll um <laughs> If if I ever said that it, uh, to Nate Silver on the street, I guarantee I get punched in the face. <laughs> uh, he gets so bad when people don't understand probabilities. It's good. Um, on the note of what you said a couple minutes ago, though, what what is right wing is probably the wrong way to phrase it. But what is the yeah? What is the most conservative news outlet you read? Or like, how do you get news where you don't feel like, not not just like the whole left wing deep state fake news Washington Post failing New York Times thing, like not that narrative, but do since those are two outlets that are doing the most reporting and are also kind of, I mean, I, if we're being honest, probably lean to the left a little bit. Uh, what is, what is the most conservative or middle of the road news source that you come across? Hmm. <laughs> that's a tough question because i i i mean my three most read news sources are the new york times the washington post and the economist so mm. um <laughs> particularly when you throw in that last one I, it's you know <laughs> i'm not i'm I'm not someone who's you know reading a bunch of conservative news and i and i will uh bring people back to like an episode five weeks ago when one of us was having internet issues and you suggested what's a website you never go to to test it out you said foxnews.com <laughs> uh, well i do although i do i do regularly check fox news just to just to see like what the headline just is check your outrage meter <laughs> right. make sure you still feel something right actually you know what just for the hell of it let's let's see what it is let's see if it's about hillary clinton <laughs> <laughs> odds are uh man linked to natalie holloway holloway case killed while attempting kidnapping like that's that's what what frustrates me about them is that there's always this weird stuff like where it's news that seems like it was settled three years ago and it's just sensational that just happens to be right up there with like legitimate news well could it could it be where they float things like that to the top during periods of time where they don't want to talk about the legitimate news do you think that could be it no i think they just ignore the legitimate news period <laughs> And then on the left sidebar, we have uh, Tucker Carlson, Washington, not worried about male wage crisis. Jesus. He's he's the worst. He's just the worst. Oh, okay. Closing this tab. Closing this tab. (laughs) Command W. Command O. All right. Um, What were we talking about? I think Jackie Chan and Golden Retrievers, right? Yeah, let's just go back to that. 
or a, a hoggle pog. <laughs> you got to make sure you put because I don't I don't ever write down the show titles as they as they come up. Oh, I do. Um, yeah. I don't, how do you so how do you spell hoggle pog? The way I I just wrote it down: H O G G L E P O G, like pogs, like the nineteen ninety four. Yeah. You know, you you could, slammers and such. Were you were you a pog guy? I, w- I, I was a no fun person. We've talked about this. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. I stayed home and watched C SPAN and the McLaughlin group. <laughs> um You're a you're a lot like Harry Anton. Like if had you like <laughs> leaned more into the like the political side of your college degree, I you, mm-hmm. you you could you could really be a lot like him. Is that a good thing? I think so. He's, I mean I have a lot of, I have a lot of respect for him. Uh well, somebody who works for CNN. Uh, well yeah nobody's perfect <laughs> i'm kidding I, I don't think that's a problem again I, we've talked about this you seemed super down on that but i think cnn i'm not is a, i'm not i'm not a big cnn fan well but cnn is a diverse or it, no, it is that's a fair point yes. like it, it's cnn is not cnn like the united states is not the state department no you're you're right that that's that's fair i am i am specifically not a fan of like cnn evening programming and i don't like that he makes up sports teams like I've never heard of the Buffalo Bills, so therefore I think they're not actually a team. I think, <laughs> I think he's talking about the Hogglepogs over there. It's basically <laughs> the same thing. The the, the Newfoundland Hogglepogs. Uh, oh, you say Newfoundland? Okay. Maybe you as opposed as opposed to what? Uh, well, Americans say it Newfoundland or Newfoundland, but you said it the Canadian way. Very good. Well, I said it the correct way. Yeah. You watch a lot of hockey. <laughs> Do they have a hockey team? A Newfoundland? Yeah. Well, isn't uh, Newfoundland not a, a province? Not an not an NHL team, I don't think. No. Can you sell something for me? Uh, why the NBA is the National Basketball League, right? National Basketball Association NBA. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man, you're just you're on fire tonight. <laughs> I don't know what. I, well, oh, I was thinking of the NFL. Sorry. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So why why are the Toronto uh, raptors what, raptors what, mm-hmm. yeah why are they in it like the mlb i get why the not the montreal expos the other one the blue jays i get that because they're, they're in it so that they can call it legitimately the world series even though it only involves canada <laughs> one team in canada and the united states but wh- why is toronto playing in the nba well there i mean there's talks of the nba trying to expand into mexico city they've kicked around the idea of having a london team the the nba very much has global aspirations but would they change the name that's not national again it's a it's a fair question i've never really thought of that to be honest yeah ask nate silver (laughs) um he's the commissioner right uh adam silver yes um, you you remember there was at some point you you tricked me into thinking they were related or something that sounds like something i would do <laughs> um oh last bit on on dogs um thank you for sending over occasionally apparently it's becoming a thing now where uh guide dogs will drop the puck at hockey games oh yes that's great which is some of the best pr that the nhl can do um but yeah it's fantastic mm-hmm mm-hmm um i think that's all right i'm gonna leave this other part for another week so okay an hour in let's talk about follow-up yeah let's let's yeah let's get through it yeah so um movie pass that came up last week i think uh where the ceo in an interview with cnbc said uh, like oh yeah we're losing money on every ticket but you know what we we have our our true value is data 
and we we know where the what what's happening and the location of the all of our customers from when they're driving to the movie theater to the time that they leave and well after. And apparently this week he has completely backtracked and said that that's not actually true and he was mistaken. And apparently it was just like some weird fever dream. So I don't like I, I that was I think our consensus last week, which is that he was probably just talking out of his butt about it. But how like for the desires of the company, it's probably something they want to do, right? Or like, do you think that's something they maybe feel entitled to? No, I think I think my takeaway last week was that I don't think he was speaking out of turn. I think this is exactly what they have probably done in some limited fashion already, and and at least had, maybe still have aspirations to do on a broader scale in the future, and that he just basically thinks that that's okay. And that that's the way that a lot of, particularly in this area, a lot of executives feel is that, eh, you know, there's no such thing as privacy anymore. We can collect your data. There's a, there's a big disconnect between certain companies and certain executives within those companies and the general public on that issue. And I, I, I totally think this is the direction that, that movie pass probably needs to go for, for their business to function because it's, it's no secret that they're losing money on every ticket. And unless there's something I'm missing, the only thing they really have to offer potentially is data. There's not really any other value that they're generating. So, I mean, what else are they going to do? Well, I thought their whole deal was that they were going to have like data on like customer taste and like preferences and stuff like that. Um, and like ways to partner with the theater chains and like increase concession sales and like all that stuff rolled in together would somehow that's, make it that's profitable. Not, that's not enough, I don't think. Well, of course. So put on your solutioneering hat. Like what are you – if you're trying to fix their business, what do you think makes this a sustainable business? Assuming let, – let's say you can increase the price to $15 a month. What What fixes their business? I think you do things exactly like what their CEO suggested last week where – But customers the, aren't going to do that. Well, then it's not a viable business. So you think – I mean – I think it's it's like every other type of free or freemium service that's out there where in order to either get a service for free or pay some very trivially small amount of money for it, you have to give up something. And that something more often than not is a certain degree of privacy. And that this is this is no different than us using Gmail or any of the other Google apps. I mean, we're we're getting the benefit of those apps at a $0 cost because we're giving up some of our privacy to Google. This this is the same thing to me. So you're currently not a MoviePass customer. I'm not. Would uh pretending they aren't going to do this. Would you ever consider becoming a MoviePass customer? Probably not. No, cuz I I honestly just don't go see all that many movies in theaters and with the window between when movies get released digitally and on blu-ray now um versus when they first come out in theaters i just i don't have a big strong desire to go see movies in theaters and then for the handful of times a year where i do i want to be able to buy my ticket in advance at a theater where i can pick my seat you know and just not have to worry about getting there early or anything because with movie pass right you have to be like physically by the theater and you you can only buy your ticket like that same day like there's no advanced purchase or anything like that correct so that and that's just that like that's just not the way i want to go see movies understood okay 
All right. So that was follow-up number one. All right. Uh, you have some uh, updates on, because you, you were a little, um, you were a little down, or you were a little um, bummed about uh, Omni Outliner on iOS going to version three, and you had embraced the Omni Outliner lifestyle a little bit late, um, and had just purchased it like six months ago, and you were kind of ticked about the not having iPhone 10 support. So there's been some updates there. Yeah, and I, but I sort of, muted my outrage at that by or rather with the assumption that well probably a big reason is because i thought there was a limitation in the app store where developers couldn't discount or give away uh new versions of apps to previous purchasers like i just i just thought there was no mechanism to be able to do that and there isn't so like if people refer back a couple of weeks when the omni groups uh like 2018 roadmap and their 2017 year in review happened they talked at length about how they had to do this whole convoluted thing to engineer a way to look at products you've purchased in the past and make all their apps free and instead sell like actual licenses as in-app purchases to get around that. Got it. Okay. So I, so I missed that part. And I, um, at some point last week, saw something from them on Twitter that talked about OmniFocus 3 um discounted upgrades for previous purchasers and i that like really caught my attention and so i I clicked into it and there yeah there was this whole article about if you're a current omni outliner user here's how you can upgrade to omni focus 3 for a discounted price i don't think anywhere in there they talked about it being a free upgrade for anyone so i i just assumed it was going to be at some discounted price and so i i went through the process where i kept omni focus 2 installed on my phone downloaded OmniFocus 3, clicked on some link they had within the app, which then I think took me to a, a, a web page and had me enter my Omni um, group credentials, which then brought me to uh, uh, basically the same type of page you would see when you're making an in-app purchase. But it prompted me to say that I could purchase OmniFocus 3 at $0. <laughs> so Seems like a fair that. price. Right. I clicked that button. And, you know, in air, in air quotes, purchased the app, like, you know, the, the phone still did the whole face ID on authentication thing like it would when you're purchasing an app. And all of a sudden I had the full version of OmniFocus 3 Pro for no additional cost. And I went back and looked and I, I purchased Omni, out, oh, I said OmniFocus, Omni Outliner 3. Um, I went, I went back and looked and I had purchased Omni Outliner 2 in july of last year so I, th- I thought that was really generous i actually would have been more than happy to pay something like five or ten dollars for omni outliner three but to get it for free was was pretty great yeah i think i think they're doing the best that they can since apple's kind of unwilling to support people um who who make more substantial apps where upgrade pricing is perhaps more important i think we talked about this probably a month ago of like what the app store needs to do to kind of make this stuff work. Um, so yeah, that's good. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I ended up buying, uh, Omni outliner for iOS in 2015. So for me, the upgrades 20 bucks, so I haven't really done it yet, but it's cool that they did that and that they're so generous about the period for which they're doing grandfathered, um, kind of free upgrades to the new, uh, to the new version. So that's cool. Yeah. I'm pretty happy. And then the, a sad hamburger. This so this is this is a weird one, and this this will be really quick. So, a while ago, when we had talked about, and this has come up a couple of times, when we had talked about um like the Ringers list of like 
best fast food, you were extremely um, uh, advocating for steak and shake over most other. Mm-hmm. So so while while I was on the East Coast and um, I was thinking like I got to do something for dinner and I'm a little bit stressed out from work and stuff. So I'm, let me go. Where, where where can I go? And apparently there was a steak and shake about 20 miles outside of DC. I'm like, you know, I, I need to. I can listen to a podcast. I can de-stress a little bit. So let, let me go. I looked it up on Google Maps and it said, oh yeah, it's open till like 12 o'clock. And then I looked it up on Apple Maps because I was using CarPlay and to get navigation on screen, you have to use Apple Maps. And then it wasn't. It wasn't there. Like I, I looked for it and just was not a, 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 a destination you can go to. So I was like, oh, that's that's, that's just Apple. Like, oh god, Apple Maps is the worst. And I just manually typed in the address and and, and went there. And it turns out uh, that location went out of business. Hmm. So it was really disappointing. So so two 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 things about that. Apple Maps was right when Google Maps was wrong, which is really really strange. Because Google Maps has so many different like layers of information there, like what even it even shows you the thing of like how busy is this place, which is one of the best features and it's, it's super underrated. Um, but yeah, it was wrong, and also I didn't get to have steak and shake, so I still have yet to try it. Um, but luckily there are uh, Shake Shacks all over the DC area, so that was a much better choice. So did, did was that your first time having a Shake Shack? No. Oh. Oh no, I'm I'm super. Uh, they have them in L.A. and uh, it's no, I will go out of my way to go there because it's fantastic. It's it's really good. Yeah. I know, and, we, and we've talked about this where you don't think it's that good, but I think a you don't get a double, you get a single shack burger with um, with bacon, um, and you get like the regular fries. Or if you're feeling feeling really down on yourself, or if it's it's if it's been a bad news day, uh, you get yourself the the bacon and cheese fries, and you just have yourself a nice old time. But don't get don't get a double because that's too much food. Hmm. Yeah, didn't I didn't didn't hate it, just never got super into it. Yeah, but again, once you move up here, uh, Larkspur will have a uh, Shake Shack by I think October. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you drive your EV right up to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or actually, sorry, no, you're gonna, you're gonna get an Edge, so you're gonna have, but you're gonna be able to adaptively cruise control right in to the Marin, <laughs> to the Marin Country Mart. Sure, right. Uh, so that was really disappointing because I I was so sad when I got there. Oh, uh, anyway. Uh, do you want to talk about real news? Yeah, let, let's or, get into it. Okay. Uh, Apple Computer Company. So let, I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah. They're just, they, they're just Apple Inc. now, right? Yeah, they're the people that are famous for the iPod socks. Or, well, and the, the iPod Hi-Fi. I've never heard of it. Is that the one? <laughs> it was powered off of 8D batteries. God, was that what it was? <laughs> and it probably, la- probably lasted, like, what, about 80 minutes with the bound battery? Probably. I assume there's some parody video of somebody doing, like, you know, the thing in the 80s where people would have, like, the battery-powered boombox on their shoulder? Right. I assume somebody had to do a parody video where they have um, no, I'm sure. an iPod Hi-Fi. Um, all right. So we have a couple, we have probably, like, four quick little Apple News stories that came out. So kind of, it's one of the things we talk about all the time, uh, subscription music. Apple Music apparently now has 38 million subscribers, which, um, and this is kind of the weird thing where... Um, uh, Uber and Lyft have been doing it, uh, where there's kind of like these weird, like just uh, voluntarily and inconsistently released financials. Uh, Apple Music or, or Apple keeps just randomly dropping how many uh, subscribers they have, just whenever they feel like it. Apparently, probably just to put pressure on Spotify and ruin their day. 
Um, but yeah, since the last time they talked about how many users they have, uh, they increased 2 million users over a, a month's time, which is, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, so I still think it's tricky. I'm still very, very um, uh, positive about Spotify. Not like not in terms of like the financials, but um, in terms of the product. Mm, I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't want to go, go down that road again. I think we have to kind of agree to disagree there. But uh, yeah, I mean, Apple Music, on one hand, it it is an incredibly impressive number. I, on the other hand, though, it's it's the built-in music solution. It prompts every single new iPhone user to sign up. And I mean, how many hundreds of millions of iPhones now have they sold since Apple Music has come out? Even if they have a, you know, half a percent conversion rate, it's going to end up becoming a big number really quick. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's doing, it's doing well. And I mean, it, it should be doing well because it has every, has every built in advantage in the world. Well, yeah, because the game's rigged or like right. no, not in a bad way or sorry the uh, what's what's taylor swift's line the 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 stage is tilted yeah did That's she it. say that yeah it's in that the only song i've listened to off the new album something something about a tilted stage it's it's apparently supposed to be a dig at Katy perry um yeah did, you ever been to genius.com no so it's the only and i think this this is one of those venture-backed companies and there's nothing wrong with going to this feel free you don't need an ad block or anything safe safe for work uh well maybe (laughs) i mean most popular music these days is not um it's like the only good lyric site on the internet Hmm. so if you look up any song like there's actually really detailed and uh accurate and also annotated uh lyrics for almost all music so it's actually really good. And that's one of the things where I, I really think you should try Spotify again. Like even just for a month, I assume they have a free trial thing. Just like make a new Gmail account so that you, in case you've already tried in the past. But they incorporate genius uh, lyrics and annotations into the now playing screen. So it's it's actually really, really cool. You know, so you should try that if you haven't tried that before. Hmm, okay. Um. So yeah, and then Eddie Q. Uh opened up the cuffs and talked about what their plans are. Yeah, I was pretty proud of that. Um, about their plans for Apple's media business. Because he got take. What was he in charge of before the reshuffling? Do you remember his title? Because you know how they gave, they gave, they gave the App Store and stuff. That's what him. I was going to say. Yeah, because that, that's... He, he was the one in charge of the App Store before Schiller, right? Yeah, I don't know what that title is. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. But apparently he's still in charge of kind of all the, the new media stuff that they're doing. Right. Um, oh, he's Apple Inc.'s uh, services uh, chief. Um, so he's saying, yeah, they're not going to take the acquisition approach to most of what they're doing, and they're probably going to go it alone and do a lot of in-house stuff kind of um, in the same way that Netflix and Amazon themselves have been doing it. But he's not going to go for a quick acquisition. Right. It, it's the the takeaway, which is right at the top of this TechCrunch article that we'll link to, is that they're going for quality instead of quantity which a company coming you know starting from no original content i that is that's probably what they would say so <laughs> yeah we're gonna try to do good instead of bad like that yeah huh? right. says literally nothing right it's like saying somebody's a quality person that doesn't mean anything <sighs> um i mean can i make like a, a bold and boring prediction here i think apple's video service will roll out I don't know, sometime end of this year, early next year. 
it will come out with, let's say, a half dozen shows or something. A few of them will be good. Maybe one of them will be really good. A couple of them will be not very good. And that's just what it'll be. And then it'll, you know, it'll grow over time and that'll be that. <laughs> I just, I don't know. We're, we're putting a lot of thought into it and I just, I don't know how surprised we're going to be by this service. Yeah. I mean, I think we put a lot of, uh, we put a lot of thought into it, but like, but it's just because it's so vexing. And for me, it's just so frustrating because it's a business they legitimately don't need to be in. And we've talked about it at length and we're not going to bring it up again, but they just, they don't need to even bother with this. And there's just so many like weird decisions about how people get to watch whatever it is, and like you just fragment. Like it's it, there's a whole lot that's just messed up, or that's that's difficult about it in a business that you don't even need to. It's like you're running a marathon and somebody just hands you like a sack of potatoes. You don't need to do this. <laughs> what a weird analogy, but okay. Is it an accurate analogy? Yes. Sure. Sure. Uh. Did you read the entire thing that that Gruber posted today about the the Samsung thing? I did. Yeah. So, what were your thoughts on it? So, he, John Gruber uh, wrote about why Samsung phones, even their flagship devices, have not removed the three point five millimeter headphone jack. And the, the takeaway was that Apple has a betterless, better wireless headphone solution with a W one chip, and they have a better wired headphone solution with Lightning. I guess my big takeaway was, I mean, I, I don't have an Android phone and don't really follow that scene all that carefully. Um, but I, I did know that with these Pixel phones, they only come with USB-C and there's not a traditional headphone jack. I didn't, I guess I didn't realize that like USB-C audio is is kind of like the rest of USB-C where it's just kind of a total mess still. That, that seemed like a very easy thing and something that you wouldn't really have to think about, but that's apparently not the case. Yeah, so yes, that's kind of true, but I find this whole discussion kind of dumb. Like I, I don't uh, see where, like why he's making a big deal out of it because one, uh, Samsung is not removing something that a lot of people like, which is like it, it, and it proves that since they're able to make a phone that is as thin and, and, um, generally the same size as uh, comparable iPhones and stuff like that, that, and they don't need to remove the headphone jack, that actually kind of speaks more positively to Samsung being able to produce hardware that's able to accommodate that. Like, I, I, I get that Apple always runs its whole, like, we're skating to where things are going and, and stuff like that, but I, I just don't see how that's something that somebody can write a whole 1,500-word article trying to knock them for. And for the people that do... Like Motorola and no LG still has that phone jack, but Motorola and Google with their Pixel devices do not, and they do audio over USB C or Bluetooth. Like they include USB C to headphone jack adapters in the box, which negates most of this. And that's kind of what Apple already does, because the uh, like the like the logical extension of his whole argument, which he doesn't choose to address, is where are Lightning headphones? Other than the earpods that ship in the box, where are any other good lightning headphones? If you're going to use other headphones that are wired and not Bluetooth, you would just use the adapter, which other manufacturers already have. So, like, that's a thing. So, I like, I mean, just in the same way that 
lightning headphones aren't a thing like neither really are USB-C headphones which is kind of a problem but also people are moving to wireless headphones for a lot of stuff in which case you can use airpods on an android phone bose uh broggy jbl um a bunch of people make airpod ish headphones like i i just don't see why uh, like why he's acting like this is this is a pro apple thing yeah i and i I'm definitely a little tired of talking about <laughs> the headphone jack. I felt thought we've kind of moved past that. Um, I mean, I I think it's 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 perfectly reasonable to not care about the headphone jack. I also think it's perfectly reasonable to go out of your way to purchase a phone with a headphone jack if you feel strongly enough that a headphone jack is something that you need or want. Then you know, don't buy an iPhone. And there's great phones like like the s9 which Mm -hmm. which has been a very highly reviewed phone that still has a headphone jack Mm -hmm. so i you know to me it's not to me it's just it's a it's an argument and a discussion that i again i thought nobody's asking yeah right exactly yeah um i but i i I don't know i if it's a discussion that has to still be had like i actually do i i buy his argument a little bit more around Apple having better wireless headphone technology, the 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 plugging in of headphones with your point around adapters and things like that being bundled in the box. I'm I'm not as sold on the idea that Lightning is some great solution, but I, I do think that the W1 chip is a that's that's a pretty big asset that that Apple has. It definitely is, and that's the valid part of the argument. But acting, I don't know. It's 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 a value add that they've chosen to have, and it's nice that it's an option. And I just I don't, yeah, I don't know the the W one is the um is the W one something they're licensing? Do you know? Like if Bose said they wanted to make we want to make like easy pair headphones for iOS devices, can they? I don't think so. No. Yeah, probably not. So that's and that's another again extension of the argument that he probably doesn't want to have, which is which is okay, but it's, it just feels weird to to bark up a tree that doesn't need to be barked up right yeah um and then do, do you do you care i think this has been discussed to death on every other a t-word podcast but do you, do you have any uh, news or thoughts on uh new macbook rumors i mean clearly there there's fire i mean there's enough smoke around the idea that apple is going to be doing something with the low end of their laptop uh pricing sometime later this year it seems ambiguous whether that's going to be something related to the macbook air or now there's rumors about the macbook uh, maybe even just a cheaper macbook pro it's hard to hard to know exactly what's going to happen but clearly there's going to be a new entry level point for um, apple's laptop line which makes a lot of sense especially if this is something they end up doing in the spring or early summer and they can catch that you know, going back to school season where that's, I assume would be kind of peak time of the year where people will be looking to buy entry-level Mac laptops. So, you know, it it seems like a very, it seems like a very logical thing to do. The only thing that I'm interested in really is if the entry-level now becomes something more akin to a MacBook as opposed to a MacBook Air, um, just because it's 2018 and the idea that Apple is going to continue to make a laptop without a retina screen, it kind of boggles my mind. 
Um, but I also do take the point that, you know, like Jason Snell and others have made, which is there are just a lot of people who don't necessarily care about like retina screens and things like that, which nerds like us do. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a part of the market that, you know, I, I think it's smart for Apple to address, but it's, it's ultimately not for, you know, MacBook pro purchasers like you and I. Sure. All right. Can we, can we talk about the iPhone 10 for a minute? Yeah, let's do it. So upgrade had the, the, so there was a Twitter meme or something uh, about where people were like, oh, talk about your five favorite Apple products that have come out in the past five years and stuff like that. And then on upgrade, and this, this isn't really gonna be like discussing that much, but it's a jumping off point where they, both of them kind of had the iPhone 10 as their number one pick, which sounds like in our, uh, off the air discussion, you were, um, you disagreed with that a little bit, or maybe you're a little bit underwhelmed with the 10. And I show I because my seven has been having the camera issues and I was having some trouble with it. I decided, you know, what, like I do need a different device, so I'm going to give the ten a try. And I and I want to discuss a couple things with you to make to see if I'm just being a hater or if I'm having some trouble with it, and if you can kind of clarify some stuff, and if you can maybe give me your perspective of having it like five months in. So, like, what are, what I've found Face ID on the ten to be horrifically unreliable and limited. And in a lot of ways, it's very nice. And a lot of times, like when you're using the phone and you're like, I'm, I need to hop into one password for a second and you've been using the phone and you're staring right at it and you're like, I didn't have to do anything. And it just recognized my face. And you're like, that's awesome. But then other times you'll be using the phone or like you pick it up off the desk because you're not allowed to leave it on the desk because you can't unlock it when it's on a desk or laying flat and you have it and it just doesn't recognize your face. And then you have to do, maybe I'm doing it wrong, but you have to do the thing where you kind of like, for the accelerometer to try again, you have to kind of like uh, tilt the phone back and then point it at your face again. Is that how it's supposed to work? I it, I don't know, but that's how it works for me. That That is by far, in a way, the most annoying thing with Face ID is when, you're, when you go to unlock the phone. And actually, that the flow that you describe with 1Password happens to me occasionally where, where sometimes it does just fire off face ID and it works in that magical way that you described. But other times I'll go to one password and the same thing will happen as when I go to unlock my phone where for whatever reason, face ID isn't firing. And so I have to slightly tilt the phone up or back and that'll trigger face ID and then it'll go. Um, I mean, my, my takeaway from face ID is basically the same as it was when I first started using the iPhone 10, which is it's way, way better than I thought it was going to be, but it's still a step back from where touch ID was. Yep. And I, it's, it, I, any argument to the contrary, I'm, I just, I haven't heard a, I haven't heard a good one yet. Yeah. Uh, cause like on the, on the upgrade discussion, they were, they were like, oh yeah, face, face ID is great. Works all the time. And I would just, I would dispute that. Like, like with the tilting thing, I will get times where I think it's maybe just like the sensor failing where no matter what I do, it will fail three times in a row. And there it's at least twice a day where I have to type in my password, which Mm. kills me because the thing is, I don't use a numeric pin. I use like an actual good password. Yeah, so do I. Which in, in the times it doesn't work and it fails because it tried when either I wasn't looking at it or it just chooses to think i'm a different person and it it's insanely frustrating to have to type the password i know that and i I know that's a weird complaint but it's just in comparison to touch id which is the older technology it 
did not have that issue. And then I find that really frustrating. And also like to say, like I'm, I'm going to bed, I have my phone plugged in and I just really quickly, I want to unlock the phone to choose a podcast to listen to. Like I literally have to unplug my phone from the charger, lift it up. And a lot of times I kind of have to like sit up in bed a little bit because if you're like, you're against a pillow, like it does it, like it messes with the sensor and it like, it won't do it. I don't know if I'm using it wrong, but it's re- it's really frustrating. Laying in bed is definitely a use case where Face ID does not work very well. Um, I definitely don't have to enter my passcode nearly as often as that. I, I would say for me, it's a couple of times like a week at, at most. Um, so you seem to be having a slightly worse experience than me, but but the types of examples you're using are definitely things that I've seen. Yeah. And yeah, so that, that's it. And I, and, and I guess the summary of this, if, if people want to skip to the end, is that it's going back tomorrow because I, I, I can't deal with it. And also just sometimes when you think it would work, like I, I, I just get really annoyed that I have to lift the phone up. Cause a lot of times, like if I'm just standing in line or I'm just, I need to quickly check my phone. I, I just really don't like having to lift it up at eye level or having to like, uh, like tilt my head down where it's insanely obvious I'm looking at my phone. Like, just both of those things I, I just don't care for. So, yeah, so that's that's a bummer. And then the the notch, a lot of people say, like, that it fades away. Like, it's still really obvious to me. And it's not like I, that I hate it that much, but it's just it. And especially the thing that kills me is that screenshots show you all the usable space that you actually have, but that doesn't actually work. And then, like, the rounded corners, so much of it just seems like, no, this is, this is kind of weird, and this seems kind of worse. The screen itself is beautiful. Um, yeah, see, that, I, I, that's where I super disagree. I, I really do not like the OLED screen on my iPhone X. I, I find the colors to be way too warm. Well, but even and, if you... And, and mine... If you, if you turn off True Tone? Oh, yeah, the True Tone I turned off within, like, a week of having the phone, and that helped a little oh God. bit. Sorry, I, um, I've, I've had it on the whole entire time, and now I just looked at it, and it's very blue. He, he, well, I mean, yeah, I it's it's totally personal preference. I actually I love True Tone on my iPad Pro, but I find that True Tone on the iPhone X is horrible. And if you if you do some Google searching, you, you'll see some uh, threads like on Apple forums and other sites with people saying something similar, where they really like True Tone on their iPad Pro, but not on the iPhone X. But even with that turned off, I still find the iPhone 10 screen to be way too warm and I get the you know I get that typical OLED color shifting thing too where even if I slightly tilt my iPhone in any direction it becomes way more blue than it is when you look at it straight on mm-hmm. I, it's to, to me like so many people say that the OLED screen is their favorite part of the iPhone 10 and it's probably like my least favorite part interesting if I could buy the iPhone 10 with like a non-OLED screen, I probably would. Would you even taking the black level hit? To me, the black level thing doesn't make as big of a difference on the phone. With our TV, it's incredible. But with the phone, I don't notice it as much. Got it. Okay, so so a couple of quick, other quick things. What is even going on with Control Center? The the Control Center is a mess. Um, the, the, the use case that I most often use it for is with music control mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and with... Uh, like switching of your audio output mm-hmm. and that's the worst part of the new control center it's harder to get to the controls are really small you have to swipe down 
find the media control, tap into the little icon in the top. That br eventually brings you to your audio source um, or your audio output selection. You click there. You wait for your AirPods to come over, which takes longer than it should. Once it does that, you have to click back out to the control and then click play. Like it's just a, it's a bad experience. And then you because the phone is bigger. You get, well, could, well, but you were already a Plus Club member, so you, you it's not that big of a deal. But you it's still that. But having but you it, gotta, in you got to shimmy the, the phone up so right. that you can reach the top right of the screen. Kind of make sure you don't reach over too far because then you get notifications. And don't get me started on the notification screen because it because that is also a mess. Um, see, but like the, the notification thing, though, I'm less frustrated by because notifications have always been a mess. But Control Center, Apple nailed like the the version of Control Center prior to the iPhone 10. Well, I guess it's still this way on non iPhone 10 phones. Was perfect. It was great. And on the iPhone 10, it's taken a huge step back. So that that so that's a bummer. Um, and then the other part is that like that. I don't I don't care about wireless charging because I'm a battery case person because even though and so that's the thing. So with this, Apple does not make a first party battery case. And then if you look, um, Mophie does not make one for the 10. No reputable brand seems to make a battery case for the 10. So that means you're in the Wild West of no name, uh, uh, sketchy accessories uh for the phone for the su super expensive phone that on amazon with probably a bunch of fake reviews on them so like just what would you even do so right now the battery life i would say compared to a normal like iphone 7 without a battery is maybe 20 percent better but for me that's not enough i'm on my phone all day long on phone calls and texting and the screen's on and just i i, I need a battery case so this is totally not worked for me at all where a lot of times I will, I will be dead by seven, which is kind of a non-starter. Because if I want to go to the gym or do anything where I'm going to need like GPS radios or to do stuff like that, it doesn't work. So that's that's kind of weird. I, I don't see... Because Apple already makes big-ass devices. Like they, they, they make the iPhone 8 Plus. So I don't see what their reasoning behind not making a battery case is. Other than the fact that the battery case would negate wireless charging, which I'm not sure why they would care. Um. That's kind of really annoying. So the battery life was another non-starter. How have you found it to be on your phone? It's fine. Although I, you know, I'm probably not a very good example just because I'm someone who, you know, has a desk job and I just have my phone kind of charging on my desk all day. So I haven't, I haven't had many situations where I've really pushed the battery. So like when you, when you leave work, you're at five, your, your, your battery's a hundred percent. So you, you're probably the wrong person to ask. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's it. And then the camera, um, the camera's nice. Um, but again, as like, I, I'm, I'm the wrong person to ask, but I just, I have just such a mil like I'm a militant hatred of portrait mode that the whole dual lens, like the telephoto lens thing, I don't, um, I don't really get the appeal of that. Like, do you ever actually use the thing where it's like one or one versus two X? Occasionally. Yeah, but like, hmm. yeah, so that, that like that is kind of nice to know that you're not using the digital zoom, which uh, whenever people do that on the phone kind of makes me a little bit irrationally upset. But like the portrait mode thing, I never use. And so if you don't use portrait mode, is the like just the standard focal length camera supposed to be night and day better than the eight or no? Um, 
I I mean I I think like in low light situations it it probably is is a bit better, but I think when when lighting conditions are good, I have not seen a huge difference. Um, but with the telephoto lens, the um, the image the lens stabilizer the image stabilization does that does make a really big difference oh, yeah. um and that's you know that's been on the standard lens since the maybe the iphone 6 i forget how far back that goes uh maybe just the 6 plus i, I forget but um but having having image stabilization that that's been one of the biggest um improvements i've seen on the camera in recent years but on, on the 10 you're, you're you're just getting it on the you know the telephoto lens it was on the regular lens before and i'm sorry does that apply to uh just video or still images as well it applies to both cool so yeah so i guess my to round this out i need advice from you um i have face id unfortunately has killed a phone i think i might actually tolerate <laughs> so well so i mean so what do you, what's your alternative like what are you well so do? i need a note so i have two options or i have three options so I either stick it out with a seven that is functionally fine for everything, except for the fact that like the the top uh, quarter of like the top left corner of a image always comes out blurry because there's some issue with the camera and the device is outside of warranty. So I either stick it out. So that's option one. I pay Apple three hundred and twenty dollars to give me a refurbished device, or I um, exchange the iPhone ten to an iPhone eight. Um, well, I mean, so like, and this, I'm kind of joking, but I'm also kind of serious when I ask this, like with your fancy camera now, like how often do you really take pictures with your phone? All the time. Okay. Well, because the thing is like, if I'm taking a, like, cause nobody uses scanners anymore. Like if I'm taking a picture of a document that I need to digitize and move to Evernote, or if I'm taking a picture of a receipt and just a lot of times, like, I mean, sure. I have a bag where I actually, I do for the most part, if I'm taking my laptop with me, I also have uh, my fancy camera. Um, man, I hate that that's stuck. <laughs> that was that was enti- entirely a um linguistic convention that you uh created and now, now that's stuck mm-hmm. um because mirrorless camera does not have a good ring to it um yeah but I, so i still take a decent number of photos with my phone where clarity does matter especially if it's a document so i don't know because the problem is that i kind of because i was so kind of aggravated about the fact that this happened in the first place I delayed it. So the trickier part is now that it's March and we're like five months away from a new iPhone, which makes it harder. So of the three options, which do you think is the least terrible? Hmm. And also keep in mind that like, I can't really sell this current phone just because I, I'm not a monster. I'm not going to pretend that the, right. There's nothing wrong with the camera. And I, it, I think it's a crapshoot of how much I could sell it for. Because, I mean, I could hope that somebody knows how to repair it and I get a decent amount and I only take like a hit of like 100 or $200, but I don't want to sell for like 150 and I'd just be like... Oh, I mean, how I guess how likely are you, how likely do you think you're going to be to want to upgrade to this year's new iPhone? Probably 100%. Because here's the thing, even if they like, they, they're probably going to iterate... Well, did we ever come to a consensus on what we think happens to the iPhone 10? Uh, I feel like we talked ad nauseum about that well so like uh, what, what do you what do you what do you think happens and no, not like a prolonged discussion but like what do you think is out in september is there just like an iphone 10 that looks like an iphone 10 that's a little bit faster yeah and then what else a bigger a, a bigger version of that phone and then a cheaper version of that phone so they all have face id yeah 
So then is my iPhone 8 the last time I have to try to get a phone that does that unlocks reliably? They'll probably continue to sell the iPhone 8 as well. Oh, of course. Sorry. It's it's Tim Cook's Apple. Of course they will. <laughs> um, fuck. So, well, I, so, I mean, I, you know, I mean, the, the thing you have going for you, right, is Apple hardware sell, holds its resale value really well. So if you do buy the iPhone 8, if you if the new iPhones come out this year and you're not impressed, then great. You just keep the 8. If you really have a desire to upgrade to the iPhone Snow Leopard or whatever they call it this year, then, um, you know, you sell your iPhone 8. Yeah, that's probably right. Okay. Well, I, I was very happy to to um, find out that you're super disappointed in Touch ID as well, or Face ID. Yeah, well, I'm just I'm, I'm disappointed with the iPhone 10 in general. But Face ID, and again, for me, the, the big thing is the OLED screen. I do, it's... I feel like I'm the only person in the world that does not like the OLED screen on the iPhone, but I re- I just I really don't. No, I, I I appreciate that as somebody who's super picky and, and crotchety about color accuracy and, and and detail. I I'm very proud of you. Yeah. All right, let's let's uh, zip through a couple other things and we'll we'll get people on their way home. Give them some time back in their day. <laughs> That's right. So, so uh, Fitbit uh, is releasing a couple a couple new things. Uh, they're releasing a kids fitness tracker. Um, and also the follow-up to their Fitbit Blaze. Actually, let's think second smartwatch, because they have two smartwatches. They have the Fitbit Blaze and they have the Fitbit Ionix, so I'm not sure that's actually true. But I think this this speaks to a broader thing. Uh, what, 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 like what, what is Fitbit? I, I have no idea. I mean, this has sort of come up in passing on the show before, too. I, To me, the market for standalone wearable devices it, that it's just it's really tough well so let me let me so let me let me put a, a twist in the conversation like pretend you have an android phone okay so now does the wearable market exist i don't i don't think so because i think like android android wears pretty good from what no, i have it's a couple, not. couple friends who have android wear watches and it seems it are seems they nerds fine. though yeah yeah that's the thing though but <laughs> And I don't mean that in a bad way, but I'm just saying, like, Apple Watch has a fairly diverse and inclusive uh, and, and, like, kind of, like, far-reaching appeal, even though it's still kind of, like, a, a muddled product that's having some trouble. Like, I think Android Wear, like, I've used it. It's it's still rough around the edges, man. And then well, Samsung's one, one thing. Can, one can make the argument that the Apple Watch is, too, but... The Apple Watch looks like the foie gras of of wearables <laughs> compared to the the hamburger helper that is android wear hey don't don't hate on hamburger helper no i love hamburger we're not fine uh the uh the the, the craft uh, mac and cheese dinner that don't hate on that either oh that i will hate on that. that is what a, have we talked about canada where um it is not called uh craft mac and cheese it's called craft dinner or kd in canada really like kevin durant yeah Huh. That's a that's a marketing opportunity just right there. Uh, I, I this is this is uh, something I learned from Darth, and it's and, it's, and it does <laughs> check out. It was not a joke. Hmm. Yeah. So craft craft dinner. Um. What we're we talking about? Yeah. So Android Wear is it's yeah it, hamburger helper and or craft dinner. Um. It's it's not very good. So I think that's kind of where this fits. And and Fitbit is cheaper. So I don't know. Like I I just don't know if this still fits because so many other players like adidas had like their line of wearables that that's gone away 
I think Nike, didn't they make their own watches for a while? But I think ever since the Nike Plus well, Apple Watch. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I think you're right. I think didn't Nike, it's like Nike and Garmin had some kind of partnership, didn't they, on a wearable? Maybe, but now Garmin makes their own. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't think it's anything that's like still around, but I, I thought there was a moment there where they had something. Oh, no, it's it's even worse than that. Nike uh, Plus Sport Watch GPS powered by TomTom. Oh, Tom, Tom. I think it, you know. I think it, it might be Adidas that had a thing with Garmin. Yeah, and and then things like Under Armour was like, oh yeah, we're we're, we're not a we're not a, a clothing company that had two years worth of a good run. They're now they're like we're we're gonna get into wearables, but now every, everybody's out of it just because they understand there's no money to be made there. And then Fitbit kind of seems like the only, and in this we we talked about this. This is the man. This is the podcast referencing a real, apparently a really good episode we had three weeks ago. Um, <laughs> The thing, remember the discussion when uh, they took away the features from your scale and you got really mad? Yeah. Yeah, like Nokia um, is also getting out of the wearables or or they're uh, reevaluating the, the value of that business. Um, so like other than Fitbit, who's in this game? Other than Fitbit, Apple, a few people that are making Android wear watches. But that's the other thing, whereas uh, uh, the Android ODMs don't even care to make Android wear watches anymore because nobody's buying them. And then Samsung is making their gear watches, which don't even run, even run Android Wear. They wear they run their own funky proprietary operating system called Tizen. So it's even more fra- uh, fragmented. So I, it, it's a it's a mess where I kind of don't know where Fitbit fits into it. I mean, I don't. I honestly don't think they do. I mean, my my view of wearables, or at least the way that I view my Apple Watch, is it is very much a companion to my iPhone. I really don't see my eye my apple watch as being this sort of standalone device it certainly especially with the series three there are moments where it acts more like a standalone device such as when i'm on a run and i leave my phone at home that's where it you know it really does start to feel like its own thing but by and large it just feels like a window into my iphone and the apple watch is always going to be the best solution for people who view their smartwatch or their wrist wearable or whatever in that way and i i think there are some that probably don't see it that way and do see wearables as being more of a standalone thing but i that that market i just don't think is is big enough to sustain a company like fitbit maybe and hmm, that's a huge bummer like i mean there's there, there's definitely like i mean so like my sister's a really good example where when she you know she does she does like these um you know ironmans and these other like athletic competitions where like even (laughs) i'll always remember when i did the san francisco marathon a couple of years ago my apple watch literally died like it couldn't have even been like a minute and a half after i crossed the finish line like it I, i crossed the finish line like i had just enough time to like end the workout and then it just died like you know it just barely made it but like you know the things that she's doing are like three times that length so well but doesn't she have an apple watch and like some garmin low power like yeah exactly exactly so like that garmin whatever device that she has like there's always going to be like a you know a niche market for devices like that but but again that's not like mainstream consumer devices like an apple watch would be well but then who gets to sustain that because like if garmin does that is there a big enough audience for that because garmin's in a weird spot where like is their whole existence just to sell mapping data to because they're not even it's it's tom tom that's the provider of apple maps data so like nobody's buying in car like standalone gps anymore 
Right. So if their backup plan was wearables, like what, the, what are they? What's what's happening to right. them? I, I mean, it's the same thing as Fitbit. I I just don't I don't see how that's a sustainable business. I mean, this is it's it's to me. I see it the exact same way as the standalone point and shoot camera business. Oy. Yeah, it's just not not where you want to be. Okay. All right, I'm gonna put the some I'm. I'm the other court of my eye, I'm watching the Warriors uh, Lakers game. I will put the ball in your court. Ooh, what's what's the what's the score? Uh, they're all winning. <laughs> the, the Warriors are up by ten, one hundred one to ninety one. Okay. Yeah, Lakers 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 have been playing pretty well. They're they've holding had, their they've own. Had a, they've had a really good second half of the year. Yeah. Uh oh. Uh, follow up from two years ago. Apparently, the Nokia Theater became uh, the Microsoft Theater. Oh, really? Yeah, because that, that's what I was telling you about where a week ago, or like I was watching uh, a Lakers game to try to fall asleep, as one does. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, Phil Jackson. But um, <laughs> um, but I was like, they're showing an aerial view of the Staples Center, and like I'm like, why the hell is the Microsoft logo on the building next door to it? And I started doing some research, and it was uh, apparently uh, Nokia Theater became... Uh, microsoft theater which is but it's a building that has a whole bunch of windows on it so why would they not call it the windows theater or something like that that's a gigantic missed opportunity it, it's like why it's like why would you not call HP your building pavilion. the hp pavilion exactly thank except you. you did and then you messed it up and that's why and you, exactly yeah <sighs> um well because they're not making uh immersive three-in-ones okay so i'm gonna put the ball in your court and uh i'll let you take a, a grab at a couple of minor news things and we'll just and we'll then we'll call it a night Okay, yeah, let's 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 get into um this this Facebook news about them being the exclusive provider of 25 major league baseball games this season. Okay. In and of itself, I don't think super interesting. I mean, baseball has what 30 teams and each play 162 games, so 25 games during the regular season, not really that big of a deal, but I I think and and the Bill Simmons on the Ringers done a good job of of calling this out where you know all four major sports the broadcasting rights are going to come up within the next I think about five to seven years. I, players like Facebook and Apple and Google and maybe Netflix. It's going to be fascinating to see how big of a push the non kind of um, non traditional broadcasters make into getting more involved with sports like it's i'm fascinated to see how far they can take this because you know like amazon's done their thursday night football thing which like okay that's been cute and like now there's this facebook thing which again like just like a little novelty thing but i'm just i'm i'm super fascinated that like are we going to get to the point where facebook becomes like I don't know the exclusive provider of like the first like the divisional round of the playoffs or something like I like I just I don't know like how far this goes and over like what time frame that happens. It's a, it's a super interesting thing to me. Yeah, yeah. This this and, and we've talked about this every time we talk about Amazon and and like all this weird co licensing thing. Where like didn't Yahoo do like one weird like Tampa Bay Jaguars they did a, game last they, year? Yeah, they did a. Uh, they were the exclusive provider of a. Uh, the NFL does a handful of games in London every season, and they were the mm-hmm. exclusive provider of one of those London games, which are on at like six in the morning Pacific time yeah. on Sunday. So I, I, I don't know. Like, this is, 
it makes more sense for them to be doing this because I was about to compare it to the, to Apple making their own TV shows, but it actually makes more sense for Facebook to be doing it just because they are. Well, actually, I don't want to get into this because it goes into, again gets into the whole fake news thing, but like they are more of a media company than Apple. Like you can you can debate whether Facebook's a social media company, a news provider, or um, any of that kind of stuff, but like it makes more sense for them to do it. But I just kind of don't get why this is a thing because like is there going to be a point where like they it's just like uh, major league baseball is like yep facebook is where you watch games now we're just gonna we're gonna cut all the deals that we we're gonna get we're gonna scrap the deals that we have with the rsns and we're just gonna it's it's all on facebook like is that what happens or does that just because eventually doesn't that make it a worse because if this if this proliferates and let's say in in three years time facebook has rights to 50 games and Amazon has rights to 50 games and Hulu has access to 25 games. Like how, like, do you, you need a separate app on your phone to find out where the hell you can watch the Giants play? Right. I mean, that's, so that, that's part of what's interesting and, and ties directly into another big topic that you and I have hammered forever, which is there's this huge clamoring for IPTV. And I think what you and I both push back on is the notion that IPTV is going to be better than what we already have. <laughs> In fact, it would probably be a huge downgrade compared to what we have, both from a video quality and pricing perspective. Well, and, not, and again, not to make this like an extensive thing where we just talk about upgrade, but this is one thing that uh, both Mike and Jason have touched on a lot, which is like the whole like, you know, um, Tim Cook, the future of TV is apps thing. Like the Apple TV has become like a super disjointed experience because there's no consistency across apps. So it's it's kind of a huge pain in the ass a lot of the times. Right. <sighs> Anyway, so yeah, so weird news. I mean, I I, I get that they're experimenting with stuff, but just yeah, whatever. Um, and then I guess like the last, maybe the last quick hit news thing that I've got before we move on to Chef Special is this the Lyft news. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a headline I would not have expected to ever see. I I've been so wrong about Uber on this show, where I think for <laughs> forever and ever before they started releasing their financials. You I mean you nailed it by calling mm-hmm. that this was just a completely unsustainable business model and that they were probably losing money hand over fist. I was being young and naive and still thought that making money mattered, which Uber, Dropbox, Spotify, and others have been proving that making money apparently no longer matters. Um and but then also with with Uber, I just thought they also had a completely insurmountable lead. And there was no way that a company like Lyft could remotely keep up. And not only are they keeping up, but they're growing at a 3x rate, at least from a revenue perspective, as compared to um, Uber, according to this TechCrunch article that we'll put in the notes. And and that's on a percentage basis, right? I believe so, yeah. Okay. But Uber Um, is still like an order of magnitude larger, right? They they totally are. So this is not in any way to say that Lyft is like overtaking Uber, but... um, they are in a much, much, much better position than I than I thought they would be. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely been a variety of factors that have led us to this point, but nonetheless, here we are. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I I'm pretty agnostic with with ride hailing apps. All I will more often than not, you know, check fares on both and just go with whatever's cheaper in the moment. Because that can that can vary a ton depending on the time of day and where you are, um, and of course you know it, it's 
it's, it's a little, it's getting a little easier to start using Uber again, but, um, I mean, there's a lot of kind of corporate baggage that comes with that decision too. Yeah. Strange. Um, get into chef specials. Yeah, go for it. So I've got one this week that goes back to some news that Apple put out um, a couple of weeks ago, which I'll uh, put in the thing for you here. So evidently, as part of Watch uh, OS 4.2, Apple made a new set of APIs available to developers where um, developers could track um, skiing and snowboarding activity. And this is something I've actually noticed in the past where when I've gone skiing, you you don't really get much credit for your activity. Your watch just doesn't really, by default, doesn't really detect a whole lot of movement. So Apple built out these set of APIs to kind of better address that. And they put out this press release uh, a couple of weeks ago saying that there were a handful of apps that have now officially taken advantage of these new APIs um, and in conjunction with the Apple Watch Series 3, which has an altimeter built into it, um, you end up with a really good um, a really good solution for tracking your uh, skiing activity, both with um, calories burned and then also just keeping track of your the number of runs and the number of the amount of vertical distance you've covered. Um, so I when this news came out, I was really excited to to give this a try. Um, and so I, I ended up choosing there again, there were kind of a handful of apps that did this, but I ended up going with slopes, which um, seemed to me to have the best user interface, um, has a really smart um, monetization strategy where the free app is is very functional and works really well. But if you want some additional data and maps and other features you can buy like day passes where you 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 get access to those features for any runs that happen that day, or you can buy like a week pass or a year pass. Like it, it's a it's a really flexible, smart way to 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 monetize, and it works exactly as advertised. You know, you you start it from your Apple Watch just like you do something like the exercise app, and I found it to be remarkably accurate when I. Uh, was using it this last weekend. It it exactly counted the right number of runs. It mapped them all out so that at the end of the day you could kind of in a either a two D or a three D map watch all the runs that you did. It keeps track of your speed. Just has a lot of really cool data. And of course, most importantly, it does accurately track your fitness data. So all of that data is getting fed into uh, filling your activity rings. Uh, can I ask a clarifying, uh, clarifying question? Sure, yeah. Does Did you carry your phone with you? Like, was this an entirely standalone thing where it was just using the GPS on the Apple Watch itself, or was this relying on, in part, your phone? So my phone was with me the entire day, um, but my understanding is that it is sta- using just the Apple Watch on its own. Hmm. And it even has like a little like GPS um, strength bar on the, the main screen of the Apple Watch. Uh, what was the the battery drain? That so that's the other thing. Is slopes advertises itself as being this really low power, energy efficient app, and the, the app reviews seem to back that up. And I don't know how they pull this off because again, like you can go back and look at your um, movement from the entire day. So clearly, like the GPS is being used a lot. And I mean, I used it from. 
we got there about 8.30 in the morning on Saturday until about 3.15, 3.30 in the afternoon. And I think when we stopped, I made it a point to look at my battery. My battery was still at like 60-something percent, which was I was super impressed by. In that case, I think it has to be using your phone. There's, Man, there's no way. So you said you usually did it for three hours? More than that. I mean, probably closer to seven. I mean, we took a break for lunch, so maybe call it six maybe. Yeah, there, there's no way that... That's super interesting, though. I didn't, yeah, cause, yeah, because I, I, there's always like those apps that are like, oh yeah, we can we can write to HealthKit and or and that kind of stuff. But I, um, I didn't know there were specialized ones that for not niche workouts, but for like specialized workouts. So yeah, so that's super cool. Yeah, I, I was was really impressed. And I'm sorry, uh, free or paid app? So it was free, free to download, and then you know, you if you want access to additional mapping features and other data points, you can. You can buy like a day pass, which is what I did, or you can buy like a week pass, or you can, you know, buy like a year subscription. How much is a week pass? Something like four ninety nine or five ninety nine, and a, and a, and a and a day a, a day pass was like two dollars. That's a good monetization strategy because that's that's I know it's super smart because it seems expensive but also cheap at the same time, and it's a it's a very very functional app without those additional features. But then because I had the ability just to, you know, spend $2 and get access to everything for a day, like that made total sense. Well, and to think that you spent like 40 bucks on a lift ticket or something, just to get up a mountain paying $4 seems like not much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They know their market. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, do you get a discount if you bought Omni Outliner too? <laughs> you do actually. Yeah. It's this weird, it's a weird tie-in that they've got with Omni yeah. Group. Well, you look like somebody who gets stuff done. Let's get down this mountain. <laughs> They can they can run with that. <laughs> they totally can. Yeah. Okay. I don't really have one this week, so I'm going to just do a standby of something uh, I played on the plane a lot. Which is, um, there's a. Fo- do you ever play? You have an iPad, right? Yeah. Do you- <laughs> yes, I do have an iPad. Well, again, you're not living the multi-pad lifestyle, so you might forget. I, I do nobody, not because I do not have multiple iPads. No, <laughs> because the iPads don't get work done. So you probably you probably just sit. You said it was your couch computer, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, you've played Alto's Adventure, right? uh just a little bit not much so there's a follow-up game uh called alto's odyssey which is basically the same game but there's a whole lot of it's because it's a game that doesn't really have levels it's just like an endless uh like runner style game um so they've added a lot whole lot of new elements and uh different changes to the environment just because like there's different like uh equipment you can use like it, it if you haven't played the game it, it's tough to explain but it's it's um a new version of it it's five bucks and it's totally worth it and if you had uh if you've ever played it and had fun with that game it's totally worth it because alta's adventure is kind of like threes and desert golfing and some of those super simplistic games where it's just it's easy to pick up and you can play it for five minutes or two hours um and it's it's just endlessly entertaining yeah they had so they had some nice nice things to say about that on upgrade too yeah so. oh is that where i swiped it from maybe yeah, I just kept alternating between that and crosswords, and it's it's a good mix. <laughs> it it alternates the the black uh, the back and front brain. You're not a, not a movie on a plane guy. Absolutely not. Hmm. No. Can I do a quick complaint about people on a plane, real quick? Oh, please, yes. Because <laughs> I I either have great experiences or terrible experiences. And uh, do you ever have the people who like the like just whenever like the seatbelt the off uh, sign goes off and then there's like oh i'm just gonna walk around and fucking chat with people like there's good they're just gonna do a walk and talk 
Yeah, I not not a lot, but I yeah, I see that occasionally. Like you just you you just vacationed or did something like just just what, why? Yeah, I, I, I you don't, don't you don't need to stand in the aisle and make it difficult for the flight attendants to get through just so you can go chat with your friend. Very 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 upsetting. <laughs> <sighs> and also, uh, airplane Wi-Fi prices be crazy. But yeah, yeah, and still just not very good. Yeah, because I was like, because apparently uh, Virgin is supposed to have a deal, or oh, sorry, Alaska Airlines is <laughs> <laughs> supposed to have a deal with this like new company called Viasat, which is supposed to have Wi-Fi that's like ten times faster. But apparently, that's only like on like ten planes right now. So that's you know, it, it's funny whenever airlines roll out new features on their planes. That's yeah, it, I mean, and uh, probably for very good reasons. It it takes a really long time for those transitions to happen. Well, and, and just because uh, like uh, uh, planes get like you you buy your ticket way in advance of when the probably like actual plane is going to be chosen, right. like you can't really choose like oh I'm, I'm choosing this flight specifically because it has this because for any number of reasons it could not be the plane it that to- fly. Totally, exactly, right. Okay, we're done. <laughs>